0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, and thank you when we came in, you came in with us, because we who believe are temples of your Holy Spirit. So we pray that you would have your way in every one of us, that you would anoint me to speak that which is from your heart, Lord God, that would give each one here something specific and life-giving to take away with them. That we would be salt and light and peoples and wherever you lead us, Lord God, we pray. We pray again for our brothers and sisters that are meeting in other churches and peoples throughout the borders in Scotland and around the world, especially those that are persecuted for their faith. That they would know that they're not alone, that you're with them. And that you would minister and speak into their lives what they need. So, Lord, thank you for this time. In that wonderful and powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So it's good to be here. And um, I, uh, I first came over in 1976 to uh, do a summer of service with Youth of the Mission in Hoyt. And uh, came back on my own the next summer. And then, my uh, in December of '79, my church in Oregon sent me initially for six months just to see how it works out. I worked with Youth of the Mission in Hoyk, and I stayed on for uh, two and a half years in Hoike with YWAM, and then moved with the team in Edinburgh. And uh, lived in Edinburgh and ministered there for uh, 33 years, initially with YWAM and then worked with uh, Leith Baptist and, uh, and then became a pastor. Worked with the Edinburgh City Mission and uh, became a minister. Well, I was ministering anyway. We're all ministers, aren't we? If we believe in the Lord, then we're ministers. And uh, it's just that uh, I had a title as minister and uh, because I, I met my wife, who grew up in uh, Carlops, uh, went to uh, Peebles High School, and when she went to university, I met her there. And uh, not at the university, I was teaching in, in her church. Her pastor asked me to do a course, and I met her there. So uh, we, because we both had experience in the borders, when I retired then uh, we decided to come back to the borders, so live in Selkirk. Okay. God's word is amazing, isn't it? There's so much in there, and, and I want to read from John chapter 5, 16 through 30. So if you have your Bibles and want to read that, otherwise I will read this anyway. It's John chapter 5, 16 through 30. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to him, My father is always at his work this to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason they tried all the more to kill him, not only because he was breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave... Them this answer verily truly i tell you the son can do nothing by himself he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does his son does also for the father loves his son and shows him all he does yes and he will show him even greater things in these th- so that you can be amazed for just as the father raises a dead and gives him life Even so, the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but he has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor honor the Father who sent him. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, the time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself and he has given him authority to judge because he is a son of man do not be amazed at this for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out those who have done what is good will rise to life to live and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned by myself i can do nothing i judge only as i hear and my judgment is just for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. These verses in John are more than just the history of what Jesus did. You know, sometimes we can read the Bible and just say, well, this is, well, that's what happened. And it doesn't affect us. You know, sometimes we can get in, read the Bible. I've been reading it ever since as a little boy. I became a Christian as a little boy in a a non-Christian family. And... Uh, So I've read the Bible all my life pretty much. And we can get an autopilot, can't we? And it means nothing. Just words, just history. But the Bible is so rich, isn't it? We can never plumb the depths. And there's so much in these few verses. But I just want to cover three basic truths that I want us to think about today. They reveal... Powerful and crucial truths that each believer needs to believe and embrace and communicate to others for in them is our salvation and the salvation of all who receive unfortunately the religious leaders at that time were open they weren't open to receive were they they were so blinded by their wrong thinking and unbelief that they didn't recognize who jesus was or believe what he was saying I'm sure Lionel, I think, who covered last week, the verses before that, that he covered that the religious leaders weren't too happy with Jesus breaking the Sabbath by healing the sick. You would have thought, you know, they would have been an excited, one of their own people being healed after all these years laying at the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda that they would have been excited that here Jesus had healed somebody. But... He didn't fit in with their plan, did he? Because they considered him breaking the Sabbath. They weren't worried about somebody being healed, but he had broken their rules. They were about to be even more upset with what Jesus said next. It's a problem that many people even today have, even in some churches. As Jesus made clear and which enraged them was that he was about the Father's business. This was a Jewish leader's big problem, and a problem with many people today. They were angry that Jesus called God his father. He was making himself equal with God, and they considered this blasphemy. Atheists, humanists, Muslims, Jehovah's Witness, and some church leaders in the organized churches today tried to dismiss what Jesus said as nonsense pretty bad isn't it that even in some churches that we think used to be evangelical they don't believe that jesus is god and they dismiss what jesus said as nonsense jesus wasn't bragging about it he was just stating a fact he knew who he was god come in the flesh born of a virgin there to do the father's business and to reconcile mankind back to the father and this is our salvation, as well as for all mankind. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. There is salvation in no other. Jesus was revealing this through his words and his actions. And he, he, this is what he calls us to communicate to those God leads us to. So truth number one. Jesus is God. We need to know and embrace who Jesus really is as this affects how we live and those our lives affect. Now we can say it with our mouth, can't we? But how many really of us really believe Jesus is God? Now how will that affect us when we really begin to believe that Jesus is who he says he is? And if we believe who he says he is, and that he is in us by his Holy Spirit, so the fullness of the Godhead that was in Jesus is in us. Because of who he is. Now how should that affect our lives? Instead of thinking what a miserable little bunch you are, that inside Our miserable bodies, if we believe, is a creator and the master of the universe by his spirit. That we have the life that created the universe in us because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us at the cross. That should impact us, shouldn't it? instead of thinking that we're poor victims we're not victims we're more than conquerors through jesus christ who strengthens us greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world and when we really begin to believe who god is who jesus is and let that affect our lives instead of being afraid of covid instead of being afraid of the news i try not i used to watch the news morning afternoon and evening and now i i try not to watch it at all because it's a load of lies and negativity i do read the newspaper and i do read some news but we can be so filled with what isn't real and forget what is real that jesus is god and we are his we need to Know and embrace who Jesus really is, as this affects how we live and those our lives affect. Jesus was also making clear to the Jewish leaders and believers today two very important points. One, he had the right, he had the authority to do what he's doing. He didn't really need their permission, did he? He was God. It didn't matter what they thought. What mattered was what he had a right to do. And secondly, he only did what the Father revealed to him. He had no other agenda than to do the Father's will. And this agenda was to establish God's kingdom in the hearts and lives of every man, woman, and child possible. Jesus was only doing things God's way. The the leaders then and many people today were so busy doing their own thing, making up their own rules, building their own domains, and demanding that the people give them special attention. Sounds like a lot of churches today, doesn't it? They turned into oppressive, hard-hearted leaders that no longer heard from God, nor did they care for the sheep they were responsible for. They were so busy guarding their little kingdoms that they didn't recognize Jesus as Messiah. Even though the scripture they so diligently read and discussed every day clearly revealed him. They were too caught up in their own imaginations to see too many believers in churches today are doing the same thing. You wonder why the church is a mess. Why churches are closing. Because so many are doing their own thing, aren't they? And what God, Jesus, only did what the Father wanted him to do. If the Jewish leaders had had any sensitivity to God, they would have recognized that Jesus was merely doing the works of the Father, fulfilling prophecy, healing the sick, taking care of the sheep, the very thing they should have been doing themselves. They were so caught up in their assumed authority that they couldn't see, or they just didn't care. And they weren't about to give in to this young upstart claiming to be the Son of God. Truth number two, Jesus came to do the Father's will, and we are called to do the same. We're not called to do our own thing, are we? We're called to do the Father's will. That's what Jesus was telling us. That's what this portion of Scripture is about. That Jesus is God. And that we're to do His will. And He has given us His authority to do it. We don't have to ask the government's permission to do God's will. We're called to do it. Now, we're to respect the laws. But we're here to do the Father's will. As Jesus declares in Matthew 28, 18 through through 20, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus demonstrated the power of God to wake up and get the attention of those who would listen. And for those who listen and believe, he gives eternal life. The day of judgment is coming, and how we respond to Jesus means amazing life forever or eternal condemnation. You know, this is all serious business, isn't it? Isn't it? people out there are going to hell aren't they we don't want to tell them that in one way I know years ago when I was in Edinburgh uh, I really do not you wouldn't believe it but I'm I'm a shy person I'd prefer to do things behind the scenes but uh, when God wants you to do something you better do it and uh, one time I felt God wanted me to preach on the mound which they invited me to do that so i did but there was one young guy there for you know a number of years ago and he'd get up there and everybody that would go past he just would blast them with these really really harsh things telling they're all going to hell which is true you know if they didn't believe in the lord jesus they were going to hell but the way he came across was like he was just smashing everybody over the head with the truth instead of drawing them and letting them know the good news that we don't have to go there that we have hope in Jesus but it is important for us as believers to recognize that people are going to hell if we don't see them one to the Lord does that make sense? you know that it would compel us to pray which I know you're doing And compel us to do whatever God wants us to do. Now you can't go and reach everybody. God hasn't called every one of us to go. You know and touch everybody in peoples or beyond. But what he has called us to do. Is to reach those that he brings us to. That we all have influence don't we. You know people I'll never meet. And I know people you'll never meet. And so when we pray for them when we reach out to them as God leads us to, then we're doing the work God calls us to do. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, to give life and life more abundantly. But it requires a willful choice to hear and obey what God says and not what seems right to us. To those who hear, Jesus promises eternal life and belonging. As John records in his first chapter, The requirement for salvation is the same today. We must listen, believe, and receive. We don't want to get people into church. Our priority should get them into Jesus. And then if they come along to church, then we take care of them. We nurture them. We make them disciples. But the requirement is the same, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of people in church that don't, They've never made a commitment to Jesus. They don't know Him. You know, we don't want to convert them to Christianity or Baptism. Sorry, you know, I love, I love the Bab- I preach in a lot of Baptist churches, even though I'm assemblies a God minister. So, uh, so thanks for letting me in. But they need Jesus, don't they? He is a Savior. So what does this have to do with me and you today? What does it have to do with Peebles, Baptist and Peebles? It is everything. The truths that John reveals in these verses should stir us to faith, hope, and joy. Not only did Jesus tell the religious leaders that he would do even greater works than the miracles he just performed, he declares in John fourteen twelve, I tell you the truth, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You and I who believe in Jesus have the privilege and authority to be a part of these greater works in peoples, the borders, and beyond. Though Jesus didn't mention peoples by name, he meant that every believer who recognized who he was followed his agenda and moved in his Holy Spirit, would expand his work. If you look around, you'll see some elderly. I'm, I guess I'm not elderly. I didn't think, you know, back when I graduated from high school, I, I mean, it seemed so far away, even 50 was the year of 2000. And then look, 21 years since then. And you can think, well, what can I do? Well, it's not so much what you can do, it's what Jesus can do through you. And when we look at who he is, not what our limitations are, not what your limitations are as a fellowship, but the infinite power of God in you. Because he wants to make a difference in peoples, doesn't he? He wants to see men, women, and children saved. He wants addictions broken. He wants marriages restored. He wants you, because you believe in him, he wants you to grow and prosper as a fellowship. And when we begin to really let that grip us, he wants us to do greater works than he did. That's true. He said it. It's still true. And when we begin to believe that, that he wants to move in and through us and say, Lord, I don't know how you can do it, but you said it, so I believe it. We begin to imagine what he could do through us. And God wants us to imagine the right things, doesn't he? When we begin to imagine that God within us by his Holy Spirit wants to do a new work in us in this fellowship, in peoples. And let him stir us to faith. To stir us to pray about things that maybe we never thought possible. That not only would you finish your building, but see it filled with men, women, and children hungry for God. Bursting with praise and worship and making a difference in the community. Because God wants to do it, doesn't he? He wants to do it. That's not something I don't I don't say things just off the top of my head. That is what his word says. He wants to do greater works in you if we let him. God is just waiting to work in and through you and me just as Jesus longed to move in greater ways amongst his Jewish people. He wants to heal the brokenhearted, restore marriages, break addictions, bring men, women, and children into salvation. The question is, will we let him? Will we see him as he really is, God, Savior, Lord, and let this knowledge stir us to faith, prayer, and action? Secondly, will we lay down our own plans and seek to discover God's agenda for you personally in this fellowship? His plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And finally, will you let him give you the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to enable you to do his will. We need God's will and power, not our own. We have the Holy Spirit. He's just waiting to move through us if we let him. Jesus came amongst the people that were oppressed, discouraged, and without hope, and brought freedom, forgiveness, life, and a future. He wants to do it again here in Peebles, here through you, to let those around us know that we serve an amazing God, full of life, power, and love. And he wants to do it through those who believe and let him. Let's pray. father i thank you that your word is true all it says about you is true and even more that we can't even understand yet and i know that you want to work in this fellowship and you want to work through this fellowship that though we're limited some of us are older some of us can't do the things we did before but lord we can do that which you put upon our hearts and every one of us can pray. And every one of us can share Jesus with those around us. Father, I pray that you'd anoint this fellowship, that you'd give them wisdom and discernment for the days ahead, that you would have them toss aside their own agenda and that you'd reveal to them your agenda for them and then empower them by your Holy Spirit. In all their weakness and their limitations, anoint them. That they will make a difference in this community. They will make a difference in peoples and even beyond. That they would come into things they never thought possible. Of lives being transformed even as they just do what you call them to do. To see people healed and restored and blessed and come into your life. Lord, I know you want to do it. Because you said you would. So we pray that you will. And we give you thanks ahead of time in that wonderful name, that powerful name, your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.